RadioInfluence.com. So bougie now. I am. See, we keep this in the podcast. We, <laughs> we come in here. His, his, uh, his, uh, what's it called? His uh, headphones are not working. <laughs> he comes to he comes to practice the other day, and he walks in and. Sean, I'm like, who's this guy with him? He has like a big camera. I'm like, oh hell no, he records. <laughs> he records three episodes or whatever. How many episodes? Record? And he has a photographer taking all these pictures and stuff like that during uh, during MMA practice. I'm like, he really. <laughs> it's not like we have like eight million listeners, and he just changed who he is. Don't die, man! You're about I'm to have a seizure. It's really because like he first of all, you walk into practice late. He comes in I like, did. oh, Sean said he was going to be here. He's not. Even. He walks in like, he puts his gear down. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy that that just walks in with the camera and starts? We hear click, 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 just taking pictures of us. And I'm like, all right, I guess this is how it's going to go down. Guy was super nice. Well, your friend from. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, we went to high school together and then yeah. um, the Marine Corps as well. He's better. Yeah, yeah. So when did he when did he get out? Same. No, he, he got out, I think, a year prior to me. What? Or, or, Sometime in 2012, I'm I'm not sure. What has he done to transition? Like, what's his what is he doing now? Uh, so man, you know, he when he first got out, he went to um, I think it was like motorcycle mechanic school, or something like that, like MIT or one, you know one of those those uh, schools that you see online. And then then he trans transitioned over to full sale, I think it's called, to do you know computer graphic and. Uh, photography and he really fell in love with that and he's, he's a really good photographer yeah, yeah very 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 good at and you know so the whole point of that was uh he's the whole entire covid situation has us all cooped up and he works from home his office is in his bedroom mm-hmm. um he's just you know he just needed to get out so he came to see you yeah so he so he 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 lives in west palm beach and he just said dude i, I, I gotta get away i was like bro come on out and um, he spent the weekend with me. We hung out, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I told him, "Hey, man, I I got obligations, you know, training and all that." He's just like super dope. Uh, you 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 think that mind if I come in and take some pictures? I'm really trying to work on some action shots. I was like, I would, I would text Good for a catalog. Yeah, man. I would I would text coach. So there was permission in there <laughs> without telling your teammates. Yeah, without telling my teammates. Yeah. And um, I asked about the transition because. It's awesome that what's his name again? I'm, I'm Ruben right. Ortega. Ruben Ortega. It's cool seeing someone when they transition, they they find a passion that quickly. You know what I mean? Like you said, like he went to you know mechanic school for motorcycle and all that, and then um, then he just he he fell in love with photography basically because you know he he seems super in depth and it, his his passion for it shows. Yeah, transition is like is 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 something that's very hard for a lot of people, like getting out of the military. Because when you join, and I'll use myself as an example, is um, I joined, as listeners know, I joined late. I joined at 26. Right, right. I, had a, I had a life. I had a career. It was something I was dealing with a lot of personal demons, and I had a, a hole you, you try to fill. And it's hard to fill that because you're just used to that darkness always with you. So when I joined the military, it 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 went away because you're always stressing about you're always stressing about thing what the next day will bring. Let me ask you a question though. Yeah. 
did it go away or yeah, so, were you masking it? So I, it masked it and I thought it went away. You know, would I have changed my military career? Would I have done anything? No, I saw the world on the government's dime. Oh, yeah. I've been to, you know, I've been to, I was stationed in Italy. I saw a majority of Europe, you know, Spain, Croatia, um, so many, so many places, um, uh, Sylvania, so many places I can't even name. I have a list that of, of everywhere I visited. Mine's on my sandbag. Your sandbag. <laughs> and when I was in the military, I didn't feel those. You have your own, you have different issues. Sometimes granted it goes back, you know, you miss home and things like that. But I realized, and I knew it was probably going to happen because since the COVID thing happened, we were on a, when I was still in the service, we were on a, a, a customized schedule. We would work one week, off one week, and then it became like work two weeks, off two weeks, or whatever the case is, because the numbers in Florida are pretty bad because Florida can't get right with it all. And it was easier to transition out, kind of, right, from the military because we're home so much. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting uh, reacclimated to different sleep patterns, you know, not waking up at 3 a.m. And I still, I started feeling it. I'm like, I started feeling the, that that darkness that emptiness and i used to see a therapist before uh for the military before you know when i was younger and uh but she told me it is now bipolar it's it's a bipolar disorder but it's a she at that point in time when i was like 22 23 it was called manic depression and i had a lot of issues i was dealing with and i felt them coming back when i when i started having those that different schedule with the whole covid situation and now you know as a as a civilian i catch myself with not wanting to do the things that i love anymore it's hard waking up sometimes you just want to just sit on the couch and just certain um because you put your think about it it's for say you used to exercise all the time right say you were a, a runner a marathon runner or whatever and you, uh, you stop doing it for four years. And then all of a sudden it says, hey, we're going to run a marathon. Come join us. You're not in shape for that. Yeah. You're, not, you're not ready. You're like, oh, my God, I can't even jog. Yeah. And that's how I, could, I associate it with is that you're just not prepared for the world again. You thought you were. You know, I just masked it the whole time. And I feel embarrassed. So what happens with depression a lot of times, you you get these crying spells and you, you just feel this anger and animosity and you don't know why. So one little thing can trigger it and you just start bawling your eyes out. And after it's all done, you feel guilty. Like, oh, I'm such a pussy. What, yeah. What's wrong with me? And it's, it's hard. First off, thank you for sharing. You know, yeah. And, and uh, appreciate you, know, you being vulnerable. That's... Watch, I'm gonna want to cut this shit out. That's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah, I, I no, but you know, it's a personal, tough thing to talk about and put out there. So, yeah, thank you. Um, I suffered from post traumatic stress disorder, and for a long time, I also battled that 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 depression to a point. It was it's more of just wanting to. Be alone. I, I I didn't want anyone around me. You know, I, I to uh, seclude myself. And for anyone that tried to intervene, I would purposely push them away. 
you know, and you know that it, it comes for me. It was almost at a point of where like I didn't have that purpose, so I needed to be a victim. I was fucked up from Afghanistan and Iraq, and uh, you know I needed to be this certain type of role or you know that veteran that that's got you know a service dog that has sunglasses on all the time you know i don't like crowds and i'm just a fucking asshole and it's really one of those things that it can take hold of you and become a personality it's not the healthiest thing it wasn't until i started getting professional help and you know and i've shared a little bit of that as far as you know going to a treatment facility and getting back on track but we talk about transitions you know, and transitions, you know, could be from coming out of the military, could be going into the military, could be going to college, you know, kids, kids leaving high school, going to college and, you know, getting exposed to, you know, that, that party college life. You know, I personally never went to college. Did you live that? Yes, I did. Um, the person I was from 18, 19 to twenty. Or is completely different than the 30-year-old I am now. When I transitioned into, when I went to college, I first, I, w- I went for football. I went to East Stroudsburg University. Um, I went to play football. And I feel like my transition from a kid to a man happened differently because people go to college. It's a beautiful thing. Everyone's happy, right? I was going to football uh, for, not basic training. What is it called? Uh, training camp in the summer, right? So I left earlier and my family and I, we were very, very, very close. People, they were like mourning, you know, I'm the first male in my family to go away to college on my, on my father, right. uh, my father's side, right? The first Benavides to do that. It was hard. So when I get there, I think, you know, I have all these grown 19, 20, 21 year old men. And I'm just this 18 year old kid that's coming to, to play football. And it was scary. It, it, it was scary. And then, you know, you find your footing and all that. And then when regular school happens, it's still scary because I wasn't, I never partied. I wasn't that kid. I never drank. I was like, I was afraid to, I was, I was so afraid to fit in that I would, we would go to parties and you know how like the, the solo cups are, you fill up your beer, whatever the keg is. I would pretend to be drunk. I didn't know what drunk was. I'm like, oh, I would say it's like, <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm, I'm fucked wasted. Up, yeah. I'm fucked up. I would say that. I didn't know what it was until literally when I was 21 years old, I went to get my first, first drink. I was like, oh, this is what being <laughs> fucked up is. You kind of fake it till you make, make it. it. Yeah. And I think that transitions to to what, I was ta- what we were talking about, depression with the military and stuff. Subconsciously, it's like your body is faking it till you make it. It's a persona. Yeah, it's a persona, it's a facade, it's all that, but you don't realize it because it's masking how you truly feel. When I was overseas, you know, I met, I met my wife, but there was, I knew in the back of my head that this is all going to come to end, this, this happy-go-luckiness, not necessarily love, not, not, not the bonds that I made, but I wasn't being true to my, I, I knew that that darkness was always going to be there. I thought it would change something. I talked to my mother, you know, she she told me before I joined that you can't run away from your problems. And I took offense. Yeah. Look, I was being, I was being a, a sissy about it. I took offense when she said that because I didn't think I was running away from my problems. Excuse me, my problems. I thought I was going to help it. And 
what happens when you ha- you're always going to have this void, no matter what, you can never fill that black hole that you have when you, when you have depression, it's always going to be there. And the military, you're always, you know, you're infantry, security forces. Granted the first year I was, you know, I, w- I couldn't arm up. I didn't have clearance or all that. But after that, it just became, you're filled with this stress, not knowing what's going to happen next, always studying for certs, all these different things that you kind of forget about your issues. And then, you know, the past few weeks, like I said earlier, it's like, I didn't want to, I only looked, I'd even look forward to going to practice to, you know, to Tampa Muay Thai or, you know, or South Tampa Jiu Jitsu for, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't look forward to sport. I didn't look forward to anything. It just felt like a necessity. Something as simple as playing video games. I'm a gamer. I love games. I suck at Call of Duty, but I'm like, I play story games. Uh. I didn't even want to get off the couch to turn on the video games. And it's, I knew something was wrong. And I felt terrible because I just wanted to be isolated. Like how you talked about, you you just had the sunglasses on. You didn't want anyone to bother you. I was doing that in my own household. And I, it wasn't fair. It's not fair to my wife. And I had to open up to her. It's weird. I don't know how you feel about it, but isn't it easier to open up to a stranger with your issues than it is someone you care about? It's almost like, you know, you're not going to see this person again, but you vent yes. and you let it out, right? So that is a, a true statement and, and story for me. I was traveling somewhere and I was on an airplane. God bless that person's heart. Right? Yeah. That, and they, this poor, not poor, but this elderly man was uh, sitting next to me and he just picked me out. Uh, that that I was going to be the guy that he w- was going to talk to the whole entire flight, mm. you know, and he kept on, you know, hey, are you a veteran? Well, thank you for your service. You know, this, and I, and I was just a complete asshole, you know, one word answers and, and just, you know, trying to get him like to leave me the hell alone. And uh, he just wouldn't let up. And finally he's, he's, he uh, asked the uh, question, you know, have you ever seen or been in combat? You know, did you, did you lose any, any of your uh, men? And I I felt so vulnerable, I guess, and and attacked. That I just like, oh, triggered it yeah. in your head. And I was just like, fine, you, you really want to fucking hear this? Here. And I and I and I told him the whole entire story. Mm-hmm. And all he did was listen. All he did was just hear me out. And I got it out. And it was at that point where we landed, we sh- shook hands when back in a time when you could shake hands, you know, <laughs> and he went his way and I went my way and that was it. But the impact that he had on me that moment, that day that I could actually not only get this off my chest, but out my mouth, mm-hmm. that was a pivotal moment for me and almost life-changing. And after that, that was kind of that turning point where like I needed to get the help and I needed to talk to somebody professionally. You know, this is something that is important. You know, as as whether you're a combat veteran, whether you're a regular veteran, whether you're uh, dealing with uh, mental health, if you're a, a cop, first responder, this the time and age is changing to to where it's okay to seek help. It's okay to talk about it. It's okay to to say I'm having issues. I'm having problems. And whether it's peer-to-peer or if it's, you know, a doctor, social worker, caseworker, you know, a complete stranger on an airplane, you know, there's someone out there that's going to listen to you. So 
with that though, it, it's hard though because I hated going to therapy. It's almost like, say, if you get like a cut, you know what I mean, and then you you get cut, the cut reopens. It's, it's just rehashing. It's almost like you you see someone, you see that therapist for thirty minutes, right? All right, time's up. Time time's to go. Up. It's like, yeah. fuck, you're stuck with all these thoughts, and it hits you all day. How I describe it to people, like I, everyone, it's weird when you're sad, you want to be more sad and listen to sad music, right? Mm. My, my song was Three Days Grace. What was it? Uh, Never Too Late. That was my song. I was just, cr- I just wanted to be sad. I almost describe it when like those depressive episodes hit. It's, you ever see the movie Sleepy Hollow? Yeah. Which, what's his name? Giant Depp, right? Remember, I don't know if you remember, someone can, you know, when you, they were walking through the, the, the woods, like of Sleepy Hollow, right? He said, there's no noise. Just that quietness. And all you can hear, there's no noise. You hear no wind, but you could just hear your footsteps. All you, it's almost like your body only hears your pain and it's very hard to get out of those modes. And when you have to open up to someone that you have to see regularly, it, it feels like that bandaid, that, 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 that cut is open for too long. And I feel so te- like, I feel so terrible. My, you know, my wife has to deal with that where I kind of shun her away when I have these episodes. I'm like, hey, I'm just having a bad day. I don't want to talk about it. Like, hey, what's wrong? What's wrong? And it's, it's nothing against her. And I feel bad that I snap on her. But I don't know how to deal with it because of that guilt. And I feel more guilt now because I had these issues before the military. But now that I'm, now that I'm out of the military, people are like, well, you didn't see combat. What's wrong with you? So you feel guilty oh, that you, yeah. well, I'm not a combat veteran, but I had these issues before, but I hit it very well. You know, and in our community, we do that to ourselves, you know, where, you know, you shun people yeah, yeah. where, you know, like someone's not worthy enough, you know, and, mm-hmm. and going back to individuals, right. You know, we all have our, our individual stories and yet we're also common. And it's one of those things that we got to do better. I take every veteran that I know and whether it's a combat veteran, whether it's regular veteran, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to separate the two honestly anymore because it's just veterans like, just a yeah, veteran. A veteran is just a veteran to me due to the fact like one, you know, you volunteered for this. You know, you served your time most of the time honorably, you know, and it's like you already have my respect. So anything that I can do to help you, I'm going to try my best, whether it's providing resources, whether it's, you know, taking you to the vet center, you know, mm-hmm. introducing you to, to the staff there. Um, you know, I, I really want to provide as many resources as possible in order to, you know, help that individual out because last, you know, last thing I want is for that individual to succumb to those, those uh, challenges and, you know, take their life because now it's, you know, we failed on our, on, on our end to, you know, keep our promise of never forgotten or, or, you know, never left behind or, you know, stop to 22 a day. It's one of those things where whatever we can do to help each other, we need to, we've, we've got the obligation and the responsibility to do so. It also can be a vicious circle or cycle because when we try to help someone we're kind of trying to fill that void of our own issues right how many times 
I, I know when I'm in my manic state of an issue or something, I'm, I'm always super helpful. Hey, you try to do this workout. I, I try to, whether it's working out, whether it's nutrition, whether it's just someone needs to talk to someone. I almost, I, I, I fill that void with other people's problems. Like, damn, like my wife said, you should be a life coach. I'm like, ah, no, because like, I don't, I don't know how to handle myself. What's that saying? A painter's house is never painted. Mm. So I'm always willing to help someone, but I'm not fixing my own shit. Yourself. And that becomes issue because you're, you're suppressing, you're suppressing, you're suppressing your issues forever until you explode. I remember just last week we were, uh, I think you asked me uh, what I was doing. You just see if I listened to one of the episodes, just, you know, to hear the editing and stuff like that. Literally nothing. You said one word to me. Hey, how you said, how are you first? And I just started crying. I said, I got to go. I couldn't talk to you. Like it was just, and that guilt just came over me where it, it, it is scary because this is something that's going to be, it's like when an addict's an addict, they're an addict for the rest of their life, you know, with drugs and stuff like that. With this, it's, it's hard because you, 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 you feel this all the time. You know, when you're going to have one of those episodes, you're like, fuck, not now. So a girl with a period, like, oh, come on. It's coming. Like, you don't, you don't want that to, to happen. But it's it's just part of life and part of someone's just makeup of always having those issues. And granted, you know, I feel like everyone should help themselves. You know, you should exercise. You know, you should eat right. You should talk to someone. You should have all these things to help to help manage it. You're never going to defeat it. What do we, you know, when we talk about transition, you know, and deal with the mental challenges, you mm-hmm. know, you know, like if whether you're, I guess, especially when you when you're coming off active duty, mm-hmm. like yourself, right? Eighty two fourteen this yeah. Saturday. <laughs> hey. Let's line up all the ketamine and cocaine. No, I'm kidding. I don't. I don't do drugs. So, <laughs> so you know, you're you're um. For real, I'm kidding. I don't do that. So shit. we're we're coming from from a state of where everything's. Yes taken care of you know this is what you explained to me the yeah, other day of like yeah. when i felt guilty right right like you served your time you were always under i didn't understand i was like no i'm being a bitch but no we are. you know so you're you're coming from a, a point of operating at 100 all the time right and even at home even at home and and now you're about to you're you're transitioning into a, a dependa so mm-hmm. you know your wife is continuing to work you're right right now just on the service yeah. due due to the uh covid situation and circumstances you know you're at home you're you're waiting to go to school in what the fall yes it's supposed to start in august and i hopefully we could go or it would probably be online because i try to catch rona so you know there's 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 a lot of unknown right now and when you've been operating for years at a hundred and all of a sudden you go down to zero that's i mean i can only imagine you know what that's gonna do to you you know i i'll never forget from when i got wounded i got medevaced and i got sent all the way back to um uh bethesda maryland uh what is now today walter reed before the doctors came in or my family or anything like that they hit me with a shrink and she says asked i think two or three questions and just like you, what were the like? Was it was it something related to it? It was oh, just ran, like no, it, was no, it was. It was. Did you experience any combat? Did you experience any type of trauma? Did you see 
any uh, death. Mm-hmm. And it was that point in time where she opened up the gates and this wave of emotion. So just like you last, last week, and you know, before, like I asked uh, one or two questions and it just came out, yeah. you know, the same thing happened to me, to a complete stranger Trainer. doctor, you know, in a room full of that was uh, dark because I had light sensitivity due to a concussion. And um, she asks these questions, just opens up the floodgate, and all of a sudden leaves me there. And then having to have my family come in and have the doctor state, and I'm and I'm I'm in this state of panic. I have no like the panic attacks, the um, the anxiety. The you know anger, the the uh, flashbacks, the you know the little sleep that I got in between, you know pain medications, you know some nightmares, and in that moment, you know I wasn't experiencing any any of that until that lady came in, and she opened it up on me. So I went from operating at a hundred down to zero, and now the mind takes over, you know, and. That is what I feel as if you're trying to fight right now is not only the boredom, but the uncertainty, right? You know, and, and it's, it's, uh, how do you do that? You know, you, I, I, I see you trying to be productive. You're, you know, in the gym, you're, you know, we're recording, you're drawing out your plan, you know, and, and that's all. And that's how it's supposed to be. And you're doing a great job at it, you know, but understanding that, you're still facing challenges. It's almost like it's a literal, you know, it's a, it's a literal and, you know, a literal thing too. Because as an example, you know, when you're about to move out of a house, right? Everything's packed. Mm. You're kind of living out of a suitcase and like, this is, this is very uncomfortable. It doesn't, you know, I just moved to my new apartment. It's just very uncomfortable. You're living out of suitcases and it's just the, you, everything is where you want it. But you start getting that stress and anxiety of like, this is how I'm living. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I have to, okay, here's the one pair of underwear. Okay, I have to wash this now and everything, right? Yeah. That's how it feels in my brain where I have all these plans, right? But I have to wait now for school. I have to wait. So I'm just sitting there, you know? It, it's like if you have like a 24-hour drop, like, hey, you might, oh, no, 32 hours, 30, 24-hour back, 36-hour back. Like say, like, hey, we might deploy real fast. Yeah. It's fuck. You don't know. You just yeah. have everything. And that's, that's where I am in my life. And this whole, the, the, this whole episode, I, I don't want it to be like, oh, poor you, poor the seat. No, it's no. nothing like that. It's the, I, I want to be transparent, even though like, I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't want to talk about it. I, someone, there's always someone, you know, like you, you, no one, no, no I keep saying, you know, fuck it. No one knows. There's many people on social media where mm. they share something. Mm. They, they share whether it's, you know, it's race baiting, whether it's the police brutality, whatever the case is. They're like, oh, look at this. They're, they're bringing they're bringing light to something. Right. And all they do is they the post something. Bait. Yeah. They, they, they just post something. If they want to make a change, they should go to their senator. They should go to the congressman. I have a platform. Excuse me. We have a platform. I want to show and I want to be a, I want to at least for an episode show that like you're not alone. You people do deal with these things. And I don't want to just be that person that posts a quote on social media for it to just feed my ego to be like, oh, look, someone liked it. They like that. I have this 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 facade of caring. 
no, I'm at, I don't, I really don't want to talk about this shit right now, mm. but I'm like, that. that's the difference is where I don't want to talk about this shit. And I want, but I want to, uh, but you, you, it, I almost feel obligated, obligated, obligated because as I said, la, uh, last podcast, you want to leave somewhere, you want to leave the place better than you found it. Right. Mm. And I'm still dealing with, with my issues and everything like that, but someone maybe will hear this. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. You know, we, we, our way of, of feeling better, sadly, is that vicious cycle is helping someone else. And if someone hears it, that's all, and, and it stops them from doing something, especially in the military, how we spoke last time, like these young airmen, these, you know, these young soldiers, these young Marines, that they're, they're taking their lives. And it's because of the environment we're in, we suppress everything. You know, how many, how many veterans do we see? Real ones, because there's a there's many homeless people in Tampa. How many do we see? They have you know Ooh, their veteran. It's yeah. all the time, right? Where if someone just listened to them, they just took that burden, like that old man on the plane did, just heard your issues. It would just make a world of a difference. How many times now I catch myself? I don't know if you do. Back in the day, we would be like, "Oh, how's your day? Oh, fine, right?" Now you asked me the other day, I caught myself. I was like, "Oh, why did I do that? How's your day?" Well, man, I'll tell you. Boom, 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 boom. But this happened. I'm like, ah, he just probably wanted to hear. Oh, it's good. It's fine. And we overshare is because something inside of us needs to get out. Right. You know, and going back to, you know, you're not alone. You know, I, 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 I think there are those out there that we need to be a victim, you know, and I hear it all to the time. To be vulnerable. Or to be vulnerable, right. But, and I'll, I'll I'll catch hell for this. I really don't care. It's one of those things that we truly, those who say, oh, I'm all alone or, or I did all this by myself, you're full of shit. You know, because at the end of, at the end of the day, you know, you, if you're in a situation and you're having to, to crash on someone's couch for a couple of, nights a week or two they extended you know, a hand they yeah. extended a hand to you you know when you go for a new job you know someone gave you an opportunity right mm-hmm. when you are running you know even a uh homeless guy on on the uh, street when he's out there uh, begging for change you know someone's gonna give him a dollar you know Hopefully, hopefully, you know, I, I didn't, I, yeah. I, I act like my wife drives, I act I like I'm asleep. I don't do it every time, <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those things where someone will help you along mm-hmm. the way, you know, it's, it's, it's whether or not you want to recognize that or if you want to play, you take know, that opportunity. Yeah, yeah. You want to take that opportunity to, you know, be in your woes, you know, there's a difference. If you really want to come up, you know, it's not going to happen right away, but you're going to hit that moment where like, okay, something's got to change. Something's got to give. I've got a network. I've got a team. You know, I work for a defense contractor and one of my jobs is, is to run our veteran internship program. Right. And we have these five pillars. One, the veteran, his or herself, two, the uh, spouse, the kids, the dog, the house. Number three is going is to be continued medical, and number four is going to be 
education. Number five is on-the-job training. You know, we do that in that order because when a veteran is transitioning, mm-hmm. you know, they are used to having that 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 structure mm-hmm. from the military. Um, and then once they come out the military, they're for the first time they they have to take everything into their own hands, and that can be extremely stressful. And in that time when you know you don't know you don't have a job lined up yet, or you know you don't know what you, the wife, and kids are going to do, it, it it can cause a lot of stress. And our whole entire purpose is to help that that veteran transition successfully and effectively. You know, and how you were saying that someone always helps, even if it's very very minuscule. And people forget when they're they're in the military that they really aren't alone. You know, a lot of people act act like this lone wolf and stuff like that. And it's it's just I wouldn't say an act. I feel like subconsciously people do, you know, people do feel like that. But you have to remember. You're always getting paid. Yeah. You always have money for food. You know, people always wondering where you are. You have to make it to, you know, to to roll and everything like that. So people have this this fake, not fake sounds really negative. This this idea that, oh, I've been self-sufficient, right? You have these 18, 19, 20, 21 year old kids once they get out of the military, right? But then when they really have to be alone, it's different. I knew financially, and I would I would always have a plan, right? I had a, because I, I lived the civilian world before. I had a plan. Oh, this is going to be, I know what I'll do. But I forgot about that other aspect of, oh shit, I may have a plan, but then that, the depression and everything kicks in. It's like you damned if you do, damned if you don't. There's some people that don't, they don't have, though they don't have the depression, depression issues, but they have the, the responsibility aspect hinders them. And what happens? You go to a negative spiral. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, like people that, you know, you're trying to help where now it's like they seemed like they were all put together. But now because they didn't realize how much the military actually helped them, they don't know how to function. Yeah. Or then you have someone in in my case where I had I knew how to function in society. Right. But I forgot about those demons that hindered me on that side. Even when you said you got out, you had you how many kids did you have at the time? 35? Yeah, something. <laughs> well, when when I first got out, uh, I was one. And then the day that I EAS, that, that another one was on the way, right? Uh, she was born that night. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Born that night. All those stresses hit you. And it's like, all right, thank you. Literally, thank you for your service. Yeah. And it's 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 on to the next chapter. And as much as individuals, you know, you are a proud Marine, you know. You know, I'm very proud of my service. I'm I'm not proud of my service. I'm I'm proud that I did something different. You know, I'm proud of my service, proud of what I did, that I I stepped out of my comfort zone. But we're just a number. Yeah. We're we're just a number. You know, people want us to be, oh, care for the troops, care for that, et cetera. cetera. But we're really just a number. If you think about two, even, you know, the UCMJ. Yeah. Once we're we're out, you know, you had a a pretty good experience with the VA to a certain extent. How many people are damaged mentally and physically? And that is why... We need people to talk about what they're talk about their issues and and share or even find healthy habits so it doesn't eat you and doesn't hinder you for your whole life. You're always gonna have it. Like Tyson Fury, he always talks about that dark place. Like even when he yeah, didn't want to get up. That's a prime example. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't the heavy weight champion. When you have nothing, when you hit your goal, when you have nothing left, it's like, 
what do you do with your life? My man was a lin- was the lineal champ, right? Mm. He just beat Klitschko. Granted, it was a weird performance, but that's you're fighting Klitschko. You got to fight how you got to fight. After that, what? Cocaine. Bin- he goes on these benders. Mm. He doesn't know how to handle it. He had all the money in the world. You know, beautiful family, beautiful home. You know, his countrymen adored him. All the all the his he I don't know if it's the proper term, but you know all, his, all the gypsies they they loved him. Yeah. He, I'm saying it because he says it. I don't yeah, know yeah. if that's a derogatory term. Um, <laughs> he had everything, right? Yeah. And and I hate that this podcast is turning just talking about you know issues because like I don't want people to think that oh he's just talking about no, himself. Yeah. It's just a weird it's, it's a weird concept true, for me bro. to be honest with you. If you look out on the outside when you saw you did I knew you knew that something was a little off of me. Hmm, yeah. he's a little too like. You know, the two, I keep people at arm's distance, right? Yeah. It's like what Henry Rollins says. Like, I'm, I'm great amongst people, but I'm terrible with people. I could give the jazz hands. I could be this super positive person and, and give people this facade of what people think of me, right? Mm-hmm. But that's not how I, when I have to talk to people one-on-one, I'll cut it short. I'm like, all right, bye, bye. I, I don't, I don't. Yeah, my bad. I do that to you on the phone. <laughs> it's a terrible habit, but it's just you, de- you develop those defense mechanisms. And you, like, like I said, looking from the outside, right? Where you see me, college educated, married, was in the military, have my wits about me. Not a bad looking kid. No, I'm saying, no, I'm saying. But a little, you, a, li- a little thick, you know, slim thick. It looks like I have these things lined up. It's like someone that they look great on the outside, like, like a model, right? They look, oh, damn. What eating disorder do they have? Yeah. What cocaine do they just do? Yeah. How much sleep? They, it's the same thing. Everything looks good on the outside, but internally there's some things with me that I will never figure out, but I have to learn, you have to learn to cope with it. And for our listeners is you're not alone. All these people, including myself, including Sean, we all do deal with different problems and it's okay to talk about it. That person, when they ask you, how's your day? Tell them how your day is. Tell them how you're actually feeling. It's different if like <laughs> someone, if your security forces, if someone's coming through the gate, hey, Airman, how you doing? Well, I'll tell you this. I love, you know, you can't do that. Like keep it moving. Make, you know, don't, don't, don't hold up traffic. But in other instances, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's, but yeah, you know, just being honest with yourself will help you or hold you accountable to be honest with others, you know, and, and you know, because the more that you, that you continue to try mm-hmm. and do things by yourself, mm-hmm. you're only gonna you're only gonna dig yourself deeper. And all of a sudden, um, what's that saying that if you're in a dark room and uh, and there's beacon of light, a beacon of light is gonna light, you know, it's gonna yeah. bring light to the whole entire room. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's gonna it it'll it'll show us face eventually mm-hmm. you know and then people are really gonna know like okay like you you were having issues you know and people as 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 crazy as this world is to today you know those around you those who are you know six in six degrees of kevin bacon people want to you know it's you know so like we're all connected one way or another is that movie no, it's it's just it's just one of my sayings. Um, Wait, did you make that up? Six six six, six degrees of Kevin Bacon. You know, so we just have Footloose, Serve Echoes, <laughs> um, Beauty Shop. <laughs> so, yeah. Everyone forgets he was in Beauty Shop. Beauty Shop. I only got so, three. Um, but 
You know, someone out there is, is always willing to listen or try to mm-hmm. help in some type of way, you know, whether it's a couple of dollars, whether it's providing a resource, whether it's taking you to a, a mental health provider or even the emergency room. I definitely used to view it as a negative when one of my supervisors, who I did not like, drove me in in the uh, work, you know, work day to the Charleston uh, VA because I was having an ep- a episode. And that's great. Do you think for you it was because, damn, I already don't like this person, right? And now they're going to have something on me. Yeah. And, and, and that was that mindset, you know, mm-hmm. that, that someone's out to get me, someone's out to, you know, target me, you know, and in and, and reality, it's on. that was all in my head. And, you know, you know, whether her intentions were, were, were to better me or harm me, mm-hmm. um, she kickstarted, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, I, I used to view it in a negative light and now it's like, Hey, that one individual helped me. You know, mm-hmm. it's just one of those things that we just really need to take a step back and take a deep breath and and analyze ourselves, you know, take a self inventory, you know. In life, we will go through transitions in life, we will go through mental challenges, you know, uh, it's it's truly at, at, at that point in time, are you, you going to you going to stay on the X or are you going to move left or right? Shoot, move, communicate, you know, because at that point in time of that life ambush mm-hmm. is when, you know, you start thinking, okay, what do I need to do to, to get off this X? I need to shoot. I need to move. I need to communicate. And whether you want to accept it or not, those three things are going to happen. It's something that I've come to realize that it's easier to be open and honest. And, and, you know, I think you've done a great job today, you know, as, as putting yourself out there and also to our listeners that, you know, if you're struggling, you know, there are tons of resources out there. Um, the, the uh, suicide hotline, mental health resources, there's so much out there and someone's always willing to listen. Do you know um do you know who Christopher Reeves is? I do. The original the original Superman. The original right? Superman, yeah. So Christopher Reeves, um some if some of you listeners are ten years old, um, that he was the he was the original Superman, right? Handsome man, you know, he was a movie star, everything like that. He fell off a horse. Yes, he became a quad he, you know, God rest his soul, he's a quadriplegic. He was horseback riding and he fell off. When he was in the, his treatment facility in his hospital, I will never forget what he talked about. He said, every morning, think about this, put this in perspective, he can't breathe on his own. He cannot shower. If someone doesn't move him off his bed, he'll get bed sores. He could get a leg ap- amputated. He was this athletic, you know, hulking figure. He was like the first human that was like 6'3". You know what I mean? He was this beautiful man, great actor, you know, had the world at his fingertips. It's all gone. He said that every morning he would give himself 30 minutes and he would ask the nurse or whoever, his, his, his caretaker, put him in front of the, the window. He would sulk and he would just cry. He would curse the world for everything. I, I hate me. Why did this happen? He would have this self-loathing and this self-pity for 30 minutes a day. 
And after that, after he was done crying, he went on with the rest of his day. He said that you have to let, you have to let those demons out. You have to, it's okay to cry. It's okay to, to feel your hurt. Because once it's let out, you, you, you know those things like, oh, you got to have a good cry. And you, don't you feel better after? It's almost like a cold shower, like an ice bath. Whew, yeah. You feel refreshed. We, as a society and as, you know, for, for men specifically, I feel, we have to show you it, it's okay to let that out. It's okay to, even if it's on your own or whether it's on your own crying whether it's venting to someone, whether whether it's a therapist, whether it's your friend, whether it's writing in a notebook, mm. you have to have that reset button. I play, I've, I game, you know what I mean? I love video games. But if you feel the back of that play, that PS4, you're like, oh shit, it, it, it's heating up, you know? Sometimes you just have to take a break from it and you have to just let it out. And you just have to let out all those emotions and just accept the fact that this is a marathon. It's not a sprint to fixing your things. It's a it's an infinite marathon. And with that being said, thank you for everyone listening. You know, not many dick jokes or, uh, you know, silliness as usual. But I feel like this is a excuse me, Sean and I feel like this is a conversation that needs to be had. And um, I just want to say thank you to everyone. I'm Gio. I'm Sean. And this is the As You Were Podcast. This is an MJ Morning Show podcast quick fix on Radio Influence. If you want to get a hold of us, folks, you can drop us email MJ at MJMorningShow.com. That's MJ at MJMorningShow.com. Send the email. If you want to drop a voicemail or a text message, call or text our hotline. And that's 813-467-6290. 813-467-6290. Speaking of voicemail, this guy wants a shout out, but didn't mention his damn name once in the voicemail. So I, I got to just play this. Can you please send me a shout out on the podcast this week? Okay, my friend. Uh- That's it. <laughs> but I don't know the guy's name. All I've got is his phone number. 813-9286. I'm not going to give out his phone number, but that's all, that's all I have. <laughs> Thanks for listening, pal. The MJ Morning Show podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, mjmorningshow.com, and radioinfluence.com. 